village, and that behind the urban adventuress was a basically shy woman. She also saw that Leah had constructed a very tidy and self-contained shell for herself, and that within that shell was a world of loneliness and vulnerability. Losing the apartment she loved would feed that vulnerability. You know, Victoria ventured, I'd be more than happy to loan you the down payment on that condo. The hand Leah pressed over Victoria's cut off her words. I can't take your money. But I have it more than enough. It's not my way, Victoria. I wouldn't be comfortable. And it's not as much a matter of principle as it is the amount of money involved. If I had to make loan payments to you on top of mortgage payments to the bank, I'd be house poor. Another few years, that's all I'd have needed to save for the down payment myself. Unfortunately, I don't have another few years. Victoria opened her mouth to speak, then paused. She'd been about to suggest that Richard might help, given the fact that Leah had been married to him once and that she had no other family. It seemed the only other option. He had money. Unfortunately, he also had a new wife and a child. Victoria knew that Leah's pride wouldn't allow her to ask him for a thing. What will you do? Look for another place, I guess. If I have to settle for something less exciting, so be it. Are you sure you want to stay in the city? Seems to me you could get a super place somewhere farther out. Leah considered that idea. But I like the city. You're used to the city. You've lived here all your life. Maybe it's time for a change. I don't know. I don't think I want to leave New York. It'd be good for you, sweetheart. New scenery, new people, new stores, new courses. Are you trying to get rid of me and lose my companion in whimsy? Of course not. But I'd be selfish if I didn't encourage you to spread your wings a little. You're young, Leah. You have so much living to do. The wheels in Victoria's mind were beginning to turn. You know, there's another possibility entirely. If you were willing to shift gears, if you were game... Um, nah, maybe not. What? It'd be too much. Forget I mentioned it. You haven't mentioned anything. What were you thinking of? It was a minute before Victoria answered, and the delay wasn't all for effect. She hated to be devious with someone she adored as much as she did Leah. And yet, and yet, it could possibly work. Hadn't a little deviousness brought two other good friends of hers together? Here was Leah, tall and slender, adorable with her glossy black page boy and bangs, and her huge round glasses with thin red frames. If Leah could meet Garrick... I have a place, Victoria said slowly. A cabin in New Hampshire. My husband Arthur bought it years ago as a hunting lodge. I've been up several times since he died, but it's a little too quiet for me. Tell me more. Again, Victoria paused, this time entirely for effect. It's in the middle of the woods, and it's small. We're talking mountain retreat here. Go on. There are two rooms, a living area and a bedroom. The nearest town is three miles away. You'd hate it, Leah. But Leah wasn't so sure. She was intimidated by the idea of moving to a suburban neighborhood, but something rustic... It was a new thought, suddenly worth considering. I don't know as I could buy it. It's not for sale, Victoria said quickly. But I could easily loan... Rent. It'd have to be a rental. Okay, 
I could easily rent it to you for a little while. That's all you'd need to decide whether you can live outside New York. You could view it as a trial run. Are there people nearby? In the town, yes. Not many, mind you, and they're quite private types. So much the better, Leah thought. That's okay. I could do my work at a mountain cabin without any problem. And if I had books and a tape deck, is the cabin well equipped? When last I saw it, it was, Victoria said with an innocence that concealed a multitude of sins. Don't make a decision now, sweetheart. Think about it for a bit. It's not New York. I know. Leah was feeling more enthused than she had since she'd learned she was losing her loft. She wasn't an impulsive person, but she did know her own mind. When something appealed to her, she saw no point in waffling. Victoria's mountain retreat sounded like a perfect solution to the problem she'd been grappling with for 72 hours straight. It would afford her the time to think things through and decide where to go from there. I'll take it. I'll take the cabin. Just tell me how much you want for rent. Victoria brushed the matter aside with the graceful wave of one hand. No rush on that. We can discuss it later. I'm paying rent, Victoria. If you don't let me, the deal's off. I agreed that you could pay rent, sweetheart. It's just that I have no idea how much to charge. Why don't you see what shape things are in when you get there? Then you can pay me whatever you think the place merits. Fine. I'll wait as you've asked, but so help me, Victoria. If you return my check, I won't, Victoria said, fully confident that it wouldn't come to that. Have faith, Leah. Have faith. Leah had faith. It grew day by day, along with her enthusiasm. She surprised herself at times, because she truly was a dyed-in-the-wool urbanite. Yet something about an abrupt change in lifestyle appealed to her for the very first time. She wondered if it had something to do with her age. Perhaps the thirties brought boldness, or desperation. It had been years since she'd taken a vacation, much less one to a remote spot. The trips she'd taken with her husband Richard had never been remote in any sense. Inevitably, they'd been tied to his work, and she'd found them far from relaxing. But Leah wasn't thinking about Richard on the day in late March when she left Manhattan. She was thinking of the gut instinct that told her she was doing the right thing. And she was thinking of the farewell dinner Victoria had insisted on treating her to the night before. They'd spent the better part of the meal chatting about incidentals. Only when they'd reached dessert did they get around to the nitty-gritty. Victoria had had many a qualm in the three weeks since she'd suggested the plan, and in truth, she was feeling a little like a weasel. And it was fine and dandy, she knew, to say that she had Leah's best interests at heart. She was still being manipulative, and Leah was bound to be angry when she discovered the fact. You're all set to go, then? <laughs> you bet. Are you sure you want to go through with this? Uh-huh. There isn't any air conditioning. In the mountains? I should hope not. Or a phone. So you've told me, Leah said with a smile. Twice. Come on, Victoria. It's not like you to be a worrywart. I'll give you a call from town once I'm settled. Victoria wasn't sure whether to look forward to that or not. Taking a deep breath, she produced first a reassuring smile, then two envelopes from her purse. Directions to the cabin, she said, handing over the top one. 
I had my secretary type them up, and they're quite detailed. Cautiously, she watched Leah remove the paper and scan it. She knew the exact moment Leah reached the instructions on the bottom and responded to her frown by explaining. Garrick Roddenheiser is a trapper. His cabin is several miles from mine by car, but there's an old logging trail to the woods that will get you there on foot in no time. In case of emergency, you're to contact him. He's a good man. He'll help you in any way he can. Goodness, you sound as though you expect trouble. Nonsense, but I do trust Garrick. When I'm up there alone myself, it's a comfort knowing he's around. Well, Leah folded the paper and returned it to the envelope. I'm sure I'll be fine. So you will be, Victoria declared, holding out the second envelope. For Garrick, deliver it for me? What's this, a love letter? Leah teased, taking the envelope. Somehow I can't imagine you with a craggy old trapper. Craggy old trappers can be very nice. Don't they smell? <laughs> That's precious, Leah. They don't? <laughs> Not badly. Okay. Well, that's good. You know, this trip could well be educational. That was, in many ways, how Leah thought of it as she fought through midtown traffic the next morning. Her new Volkswagen Golf was packed to the hilt with clothing and other essentials. She had dozens of plans and projects to keep her busy, over and above the crossword puzzles she intended to create. It was a sunny day, mild for March. A good omen, she decided. Though she'd brought heavier clothes with her, she was glad she'd worn a pair of lightweight knit pants and a loose cashmere sweater for the drive. She was comfortable and increasingly relaxed as she coasted in the limbo between city and country. By the time she reached the outskirts of Boston, it was two o'clock and she was famished, as eager to stretch as to eat.